0: We live in a world with different generations and this can be messy and confusing, beautiful and inspiring. Sometimes we need the time to pause, reflect and listen to each other and the XYZ Experiment podcast brings you these conversations. I'm Fiona, your Gen X, and joining me today is our Gen Y Dash and our Gen Z Luke. So I've got a story for you guys today and I know you've heard it before but we're going to share it with our listeners in that last week um, we had a fire in our building. And I just want to talk about some of the things that happened with that. So I was at work last Friday and uh, just having actually a great day at work. And I received a phone call from my mum around 11.30, but she didn't leave a message. So I finished up with my patient and I thought, oh, I wonder if mum's locked herself out of the apartment or something. I better call her back. So my mum's visiting here from Perth. So I called her back and all I could hear was, absolute bedlam in the background it's hard to explain like just noise and i could hear my dog losing her like losing her shit in the background and so my first words to my mum is are you walking the dog because we've told mum not to walk the dog because she's had some medical issues recently and mum goes no there's a fire in your apartment and we've been evacuated and i'm standing on the street with the dog and in the background, I can actually hear the fireman going to my mum, tell your daughter to come pick up a dog. <laughs> like I could hear it in the background. Wow. So I'm saying to mum, like, it was. I was really, like, going, what's happening, what's happening? And she was saying, oh, I don't want to disturb you. You're at work. Like, um, just keep working. It'll all be all right. But I could tell immediately it wasn't all right. So I was saying to her, just hold on, hold on, I'm coming mum, I'm, I'm coming immediately. Just just hold the line just for a minute and put the phone down, ran out to the front desk. I had a patient waiting in the waiting room and said, I have to go now, like I have to leave immediately. Um, and we're like, oh, what's going on? I said, there's a fire in my building, I've, I've got to go. Raced and got back on the phone to my mum and said to my mum, walk down to this street, it's called Guildford Lane, which um, doesn't have a lot of traffic going down it. And I know a lot of the people in the street know my dog. So I said to my mum, can you just walk down to Guildford Lane and I'm going to drive down and pick you and the dog up. And I'm only 10 minutes away, you know, so I get in the car. And as I'm going, I'm calling through my car phone. I'm calling my husband who um, has gone to work and said, don't go back to the apartment. Um, The apartment apparently is on fire um like go to your workplace and then I'm calling my sister saying to my sister I'm picking mum and the dog up and we're going to come straight to your place because we can't go back to the apartment I get to my mum and um my mum is beside herself like I can't even begin to explain oh my gosh like she's beside herself it's pretty stressful and the dog is like beside themselves and so I hop into the car and then my mum has a full-blown panic attack like it's it's actually really severe, and I was saying to her, "I think we better drive to the hospital. Like I'm really worried about you." And uh, she's going, "No, no, I'll calm down. I'll calm down." So we just sat on the side of the road in the car and just said, "Just, just try and calm down." And the dog just, the dog just didn't stop. The dog was just going on and on and on and on. And then I realised that um, the dog had. Um, you know, you have those dog um, leads where they put their legs through it and then it's tied up behind them. Mm. Um, but the fireman had tied the lead around the dog's waist. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and then I found out why later. <laughs> so the dog sort of got it tied around its waist. The story is that um, my mum was asleep in the apartment and uh, she had taken a sleeping tablet. Oh, no. and, <laughs> about 10 30 in the morning and um and and the fire alarm in our building we've since found out it's not compliant is actually in the hallways and it's not in the uh, the apartments themselves so my mum didn't hear the fire alarm she didn't hear anything happening at all so she just slept through it um and then uh, she said she heard banging on the door like she heard all this banging on the door, but. She was in a dream, you know what I mean? So she didn't realise what it was. And then um, she heard more and more banging. So she said that she got up out of the bedroom to see our door opening up. And literally, they were... They saw Mum and they were shocked, and they said to Mum, "You got to get out! You got to get out!" There's they f- being the firemen, yeah, firemen, three firemen. Yeah, you got to get out! You got to get out! And she said that when the door opened slightly, the other fireman then saw her, and another one started running to one of the other apartments. It's only two apartments on each floor, banging, banging, banging on the doors. And Mum said she looked at the fireman and said, "Do I have time to get changed? Because she's in a she's in a nighty, you know. Do I have time to get changed?" And he said, "Get get changed as fast as you can." And mum goes, can you catch the dog? Because by then the dog was running around. So the fireman goes, I'll catch the dog, you get dressed. But by the time she came out dressed, the fireman, there was two of them, chasing the dog around the apartment. <laughs> <laughs> he was having none of it, shitting everywhere. Oh,
1: she would have been so yeah, distressed.
0: Shitting everywhere. And then when a fireman got near her, and I've never heard this with my dog before, he literally, she's trying to bite him, you know. So he says to mum, I can't catch the dog. You're going to have to try and catch the dog for us. So she catches the dog. Um, she holds the dog while the firemen are trying to get the the lead onto the dog. She's Anyway, um, they get, and then he goes, you can't grab anything. And she goes, I've just got to get my bag. And he goes, well, that's all you can grab. So she grabbed a bag and they got downstairs. Turns out it was a very small fire on the second floor. But actually what had happened was is We've got overhead um, water sprinklers. They'd gone off, but it had burst. And so we actually had a massive flood in the building.
1: So are you on the second floor?
0: We're on the seventh. Okay. So, um, and so what they were really worried about was now an electrical fire, that there was going to be an electrical. So all power had to be cut to the building. Um and then, um, and then mum's on the street. The reason why the fireman went up to my apartment is because one of my neighbours was downstairs and said to the fireman, there's a dog on level seven, you need to go get the dog.
1: Oh wow. oh, wow. Yeah.
0: So that's why they were in, up there. Like they'd already checked all the apartments, um, but they were saying, you got to go get the dog, which is really lovely, you oh, know? My gosh. So, yeah. And then apparently later on, one of my neighbors, because there's only 10 apartments, I know my neighbors quite well. One of my other neighbors texted me to say they had gone up to the fireman and go, you've got to rescue a dog. It's on level seven. And they go, we've rescued the dog. <laughs> <laughs> the dog is being rescued yeah <laughs> so <Wow>. anyway <laughs> which is funny there's a there's a couple of things i sort of want to chat about around that and um it's a week now and i would tell you it took us a week to get over it we went allowed back into the apartment for a couple of days until it all sort of passed some safety tests and things like that but there's a There's a lot of thoughts in my head around that. I don't know. Have you guys ever had something where you can't go back into your property or you've had a fire or you've had things completely, like, destroyed or anything like that?
1: I haven't had a fire. Yeah. But um, two things, I guess. I mean, this story is worst nightmare for me. It's being in an apartment building and there being a fire. And either not being home and thinking, oh, my God, who is going to rescue my dog? So that yeah. does make me feel better that the fireys do um, go rescue dogs. But um, we had our apartment fire alarm go off twice and recently in the middle of the night. And also, weirdly, it didn't work. So most of the apartments didn't hear it. Yeah. Um, and so the very next day we had all of these testings of the fire alarms. But I just kept thinking, how do I get the dog out? Because you're not meant to use the lift. Yeah. And so I was like, I've got to go down 13 floors carrying a dog, which is a dash and then can't go downstairs. Um, How would I actually do that? And so I was like, Scott, we need to buy like a dog backpack or we've got to buy something that I can like shove her in so I could run down the stairs. But I guess different to your story, when we were growing up, we had multiple break-ins to our house. Yeah. Multiple because we lived on a main road and... I remember just being distressed every time we'd walk in and the house would be destroyed, like they would like make such a mess and you'd think, oh, God, what have they taken? And you'd go through the house and just think, what have they taken of ours? And because, you know, like particularly the early times that happened, you know, we're a migrant family, we had set up from scratch and so having things that you'd like spent money on um, and... You know tried to put your house together be stolen but also things from you know for my parents from their homeland being stolen which can't be replaced is very distressing so I think that's the thing that I just reflect on is the distress that that kind of stuff caused
0: it was um you know some of the thoughts that go through your head because we didn't know yet whether the apartment was going to be okay whether the sprinkler system was going to go off in our apartments as well because it obviously a big problem had just occurred and one of the first thoughts in my head is, "Is oh, my God, what am I wearing? <laughs> like, uh-huh. As in, as yeah. in like, because uh, this oh, is the, the only clothes the that I've got. Yeah. It's the only clothes I've got. I hadn't taken a jacket with me. And I'm like, oh, my God, have I got a jacket in case it gets cold tonight? Like, you literally got the clothes on your back, like, literally. Because we're told we can't come back into the apartment yeah. to get anything. And then the other thoughts are things like, oh, where am I going to stay tonight? Like, Because the fireman had said to mum, tell your daughter to seek alternate accommodation for at least tonight. Like, you won't be allowed back in the apartment for tonight and maybe anywhere up to, they don't know how long. And they took down all our details. Mum gave them all our details. We didn't hear a single thing from them the entire time. Like, and I'll get to how we got back in the apartment. But... And I contacted our agent and told them and the building manager and not a single person got back to me, not one. Like, wow. So it was all of us neighbours texting each other all the time, like saying, have you heard anything about this or anything about that? I felt relief that we had the car. I'd actually, normally we don't take the car to work, but I'd taken the car that day and because um, I was going to do some shopping afterwards and because um, the car area was flooded. So I thought, well, at least we've got our car and then I'm thinking, oh, I've got a jacket in the car, so I'm okay. I've got a, got yeah. you know just a jacket in the car, so I'll be all right tonight. And then you go, well, I've got no pajamas, I've got no underwear, and then the big one, which you'll appreciate, Dasha, is I've got none of my medications yeah. or my ability to put my, you know, um, insulin line into my body. And like the thoughts around the first thing I did is looked at my pump. How many days have I got on my pump? Yeah, like like I'm. You know, so when I got back to um, my sister's house, my mum, my mum's panicking about she doesn't have a phone charger, and we're going, well, no, we can use my sister's. Um, um, and then I'm thinking I'm going to have to call my doctor to get some scripts. Yeah, um, I'm going to go down to chemist to get some supplies. Like there's, and and I know I'm coming from a place of incredible privilege because in the end we didn't lose everything. That's fine, but it's just those initial thoughts about. I don't have these things like Mm. I don't have yeah it was a really strange a really really strange sensation and then really taking me down a rabbit hole about well what if your house burnt down or I thought a lot about people who are like refugees or in war like a lot about that and about like they're losing everything like Mm -hmm. everything Mm -hmm. except for what they've got on their back and they're also losing family members and pets and I didn't lose any of that and I was feeling so bad I can't imagine what the emotion and the trauma be that these people must be experiencing it must be extraordinary you know so then I started to look online to see you know how many people lose their homes to fire and how many people yeah it was just a anyway (laughs)
2: And those forms of displacements as well, you have to wonder, obviously there is like you're losing everything physically, but also that sense of identity and yeah. how that's displaced as well, because you're leaving more than just a physical home. Yeah. As well. mm-hmm.
0: And also the other thoughts, and I believe this is part of my generation being a Gen X, was financial. I was immediately thinking about, okay, do we have enough money for a hotel room for a week? Um like and ha- like where we're we gonna put the dog. I mean, I was lucky I had a sister who can afford to put us all up in her place because the place is big enough. But literally my mum had the spare bedroom and then my husband and I had a couch each and so it's us on the couch with the dog on top of me. Yeah. And my sister's dog who just was so excited it was a slumber party. You know, but I was exhausted for those two days because like you don't get any sleep, especially with dogs jumping all over you in a different house and things like that. But one of my neighbours, she didn't have the capacity to do that. But she texted me to say she had snuck back into her apartment. Wow. And said, don't tell anybody. And like, because she didn't have anywhere to go. So she stayed in her apartment in the dark.
1: Oh, my god! For those
0: days. Yeah. And I kept texting her, like, checking up, saying, Are you okay? Everything going all right? And she was going, yeah, I'm okay. But I still had a really bad night's sleep. I was really scared last night. Like it's just, and I was thinking there must be lots of people who end up doing things like that, you know, just, yeah. I went to the apartment the next day and they had security guards everywhere um, so people couldn't break into the apartment and and because the garage door had stayed permanently open because they couldn't get it down because there's no power so they had security guards posted there. And I was saying to them, can I go into the apartment to get some stuff? And so one of the security guards said, yes, this is um, Saturday afternoon. Very quickly, you can go up. So I did. I went up. No power still, um, except there was power to the lifts by that stage. So I went up and gra- I went up there and I grabbed medications. Um, and, uh, and then the apartment stank like because the dog had shat everywhere. So, you know, I opened up a window and then said, could I just clean up the dog shit? And he goes, yeah, absolutely. So (laughs) I cleaned all that up as fast as I could because I just thought, oh, my God, if we come back, if it's a week, it's going to be pretty horrible, you know. Um, And I I literally grabbed my mum's suitcase and just dragged that out with me. Um, So I just grabbed. She hadn't unpacked fully yet. So I just chucked everything and grabbed it and and, uh, went back to my sister's. And then my mum didn't want to move back with us for the rest of her holiday because it had stressed her so badly that she, that was a Friday that happened and Saturday and Sunday she was really unwell. Like the biggest thing she was worried about was not having her iPad. that she really? couldn't Yeah, that she hmm. couldn't play her words with friends with her mates and communi- that's her way of communicating is through the iPad. I didn't realise how much... That was her communication tool. So, yeah, it was just a weird, a weird few days. And as I said, just coming back to I lost nothing and we're back in the apartment now. But what if you did lose everything? Like, Mm. wow, that would just be full on. And what would you grab if you're leaving the apartment? If you knew you were going to lose everything, like you've been told your house is going to be burnt down by a bushfire Mm. coming. What do you grab? like?
2: I would grab, I've got like a hard drive, which I've backed up a lot of like my writing and photos and documents on. And I think as long as I grabbed that, I'd probably be okay, (laughs) to be honest with you.
1: Oh my gosh. I don't have a hard drive. (laughs) (laughs) I just hope everything's in the cloud.
2: (laughs) I don't know. I'm just trying to think of what I actually own physically, because I own a lot of books and I own clothes. But aside from that, I don't know. I've s I have i do not really have that many knickknacks. Mm. And most things that I'm quite sentimental about, believe it or not, recently I've gone and taken like pictures of on my phone. Mm-hmm. Just in case something like that does happen. The,
0: okay. The one thing it did show me, um which is an another point is I live in the cbd in the middle of it, right? And um, I actually realised I do belong to a community more than I thought I did. And a lot of that community has come from my dog um, that I've got out to meet people. And the pandemic, during the pandemic, because when you're on the streets and the CBD, you knew these were the locals. Yeah. So we would stop and chat to each other. And um, and so like we've had this, this thing happen to our building. All of us um, tenants... All chatting to each other, you know, texting and checking that we're all OK with each other and, you know, making sure my dog's rescued and all this sort of stuff. But what I didn't add is when my mum got down to the street level, um, we've got a whole lot of cafes along the street and my husband has a walking routine with the dog. He does it three times a day. And some of the cafes, yeah, yeah he has to stop at the cafe because the waiters and the chefs come out and pat the dog. Oh <laughs> it's this whole routine, wow. right? Like this whole routine. And sometimes if I'm walking the dog and I go to walk past one of the waitresses or waiters will come running out and go, "Don't, you got to stop, got to get got to get my sookie packed today," right? It's a really big thing. So, my mum's on the street with my dog who's losing it and Those wait, well, one in particular came out and immediately said to my mother, is that Suki and mum, because they could see what was happening. And mum goes, yes. And she said, I know Suki. I know Fiona and Maladin. Please come into the cafe. We'll put you in the back corner till the dog comes down. I'll make you a coffee. Have you called Fiona? And mum's going, yes, I've called her. And she goes, come in, come, come. I'm going to look after you, which she did.
1: Wow. Yeah,
0: and looked after the dog and looked after my mum. And then mum said the dog just kept going. So she said to her, look I." I'm going to meet Fiona in the street, which is Guildford Lane. So mum said, um, the girl said to her, OK, you know, do you need me to walk with you down there? And mum's like, no, no, no. So mum goes down there. And then when she gets to Guildford Lane, another neighbour who we know in that area who has two dogs immediately came up to my mother and said, oh, is that Suki? Because Suki was still not OK. And then talked to my mum and and said, oh, my dogs know Suki really well and let the dogs play together, which calmed my dog down. And it just made me think, oh, my God, all my neighbours came up to my mum to say, are you OK? Can I help you? Can I give you a coffee? And I yeah. thought, we've really built a community like... I just can't get over the community that we've built in the CBD that people did that. They just showed so much kindness to this woman who they had no idea who it is, but knew the dog, (laughs) you know what I mean? Like just so so by the time I got to my mum, as I said, my mum was not good, but people had taken steps to look after her. So when we got back into the apartment, we have spent this week thanking people like going and just saying, look, I really appreciate that you took the time to, check my mum was okay and and they were going oh yeah like she didn't look all right and the dog was really distressed and but that was a really nice thought about the community looked after her that was a really yeah yeah that was a nice thing to come out of it yeah
1: so how are you feeling now like are you now thinking okay if this was to happen again
0: what would I do so I've I um, I was exhausted after the week because we didn't sleep very well, and um, and as I said again, just I know Luke's touched on it as well, incredible privilege. <laughs> yeah. I just want to really be clear that we 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 had places we could go, and we could afford to buy some pajamas that night, and you know, and and we could we could get back into our apartment after a couple of days, um, but it was still exhausting, like just unbelievable even knowing that so I just can't get my head around if you did lose everything where you would be I understand now you you know we went to Marysville together a few Mm. years ago and heard the stories of that I can understand why that even 10 years later the community is still suffering I can I can understand mentally I can understand what well, that. it's
1: it's interesting you bring up Marysville and the bushfires that happened through there because I have friends who live in very bushfire-prone areas. Yeah. And so all through summer in their cars, they have the basic necessities. You'd have to. And so if they're then driving around um, or it's just so that they can just, if they needed to evacuate, just jump in the car and go and they've already got packed um, what they need. And I, I just remember like a girl from work had all of this, like her passport, all of this stuff that she'd drive into work and it would always be sitting in her car just in case she couldn't get home. And I just think, you know, we are lucky to live in such a beautiful country. And I think about climate change Mm. and the fact that they're predicting, you know, this year is going to be a really bad bushfire season and the bushfires of 2019, 2020, like there are communities that are very scarred from that and just, I don't know, like as Australians or living in Australia, how do you kind of keep the resilience up around that threat, that yeah. threat that you're everything you own and your shelter and where you feel safe will be gone and may not be rebuilt for a very long time because I know there's a lot of those communities where they haven't been able to rebuild yet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, be yeah, the mental load would be unbelievable, just unbelievable. But I mean, we're fine and um and I think I think for me the main thing is is my husband and my dog. Yeah. <laughs> if I as long as as long as I've got that, I'm fine. Like like it it doesn't matter. The, really the material possessions to me actually aren't that I think that's made me realise the material possessions weren't the biggest thing for me. It was just about what do I need to survive? Like, what do I need in my life to go to sleep in and be clean in the next day? And, you know, I was thinking, thank God I've got sneakers on because sneakers are a pair of shoes that I can wear for the next week, you know, Mm. no problems. All all the basic necessity, all I needed was a pair of pyjamas, some new underwear and some socks. That's all I really needed. And I thought I can wash my clothes and I can, you know, I really was having those thoughts Um, and just thankful the dog's okay and thankful mum's okay and yeah they're they're my main they were my main priorities if I lost any of my material possessions I don't think I'd really care to be honest yeah
2: and maybe that that also dictates the way that I look at like what would happen if I was in that position because I don't have any responsibilities like that I don't have any partners living with me or any pets so it really would just be losing material possessions yeah yeah Mm. when you did end up getting back into the apartment Mm -hmm. was anything damaged
0: yeah so um no nothing was damaged um everything in the like a lot of stuff in the fridge was gone so um even though it hadn't been opened up but the things like chicken and all that it just stank so we emptied our fridge uh, and I'd only just done a shop, you know, $270 oh in the gosh. bin, literally, yeah. you know, because a lot of it was the meat and milk and things like that. And then I spent the rest of the week wondering, oh, should I eat those eggs? Or, you know what yeah. I mean? Like threw out all the soft cheeses and all that sort of stuff. Um, and, and because shopping is so expensive at the moment for food, you're just like you know like i have to go spend another 260 dollars. that's 500 bucks in a week for food the um building has smelt quite bad so there's been industrial fans everywhere like trying to dry
2: it out after like securing medication mm-hmm. securing alternative accommodation realizing that everyone all your loved ones were safe hmm. going back to the apartment were you kind of even if you already knew that everything was fine, it wasn't damaged or flooded, well you were kind of at peace of well, everyone that I need and everything that I need is is okay and yeah. safe. I don't mind if anything else gets lost,
0: yeah, yeah, I think I think you hit the nail on the head with the medication, the family, the dog that's the most important thing. It really did make me think about what would i what would I need or take, you know, and I think for me it'll be grabbing the essentials and not much else so mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah, I just don't care about the other stuff I mean, I do But it's just And then everybody kept asking me if I was insured Everyone kept saying, are you insured? And I I am So everyone's just going, are you insured? Are you insured? And I'm like, yeah And I am well insured So it wasn't like um, I wouldn't have been able to replace my things Probably some of the stuff which would have been very sad for me is, I don't know if I've told you guys, but I've got a pretty extensive art collection. It's I've collected it for 30 years uh, and I would have lost all that. And you can't, I mean, you can insure it, but you can't replace replace it yeah. if that makes sense. you know. So that would have been really... And I know a lot of my friends, if, if we'd had damage in the apartment, the first thing they would have said to me is what happened to the art. I know that's where a lot of the questions would have come, which would have been sad because that's almost a bit of history you know, losing that sort of stuff. So, um, yeah. Hi, it's Sarah. Thanks for taking
1: the time to listen to us here at the XYZ Experiment podcast. Don't forget to leave a rating and review. And if you enjoyed our show, make sure you tell all your friends and family and, of course, subscribe. Uh, Follow us on Instagram at the XYZ Experiment. You'll get all our latest updates and news. And a big shout out to Luke Champion who composed our original music.